You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit, one podcast at a time. I am privileged to be sharing this time with you. I'm Alicia, the host of the Bride Chiller Podcast. Welcome to all who are listening, whether you are engaged, want to be engaged, just interested in being engaged. Maybe you're a wedding planner, a vendor. I don't know. What are you? Who are you? Write to me. Leave me a voice message and tell me all about it. This is Q&A Thursdays where I attempt to answer your wedding planning questions or at least give you a different perspective than maybe your mom or your dad or your friends are giving you. And sometimes when you are wedding planning and you come across challenges, sometimes friends are like, oh, will you stop talking about it? I'm so bored. Or other friends are like, just do this. This is the option. No option. Just do what I say. Uh, So I really am trying to be the voice of reason or at least another voice of opinion in your life when it comes to your wedding planning. A lot of the questions actually, especially if you're new to the podcast, you might be going, is she just going to be talking about dresses and napkins? No, not really. I don't really answer. Well, I'm happy to send you my opinions about those questions, but most people write to me and leave me voice messages about family issues, about vendors being shits or being fabulous, vice versa, and uh, all the sort of stuff you don't necessarily hear or read in uh, wedding magazines, etc., etc. So much to get to today, so I'm not going to I'm not going to beat around the bush as we would say in Australia. I'm going to get straight to it. If you do have a question, or you just want to write to me. Lots of people just write and say, hi, I enjoy the show, which I really appreciate. All you need to do is visit thebridechiller.com and uh, you can follow all the prompts. Follow all the prompts. That sounds like, and follow the prompts, like a really proper, important thing. You can just visit the website and see the menu and do all the stuff that might guide you to communicating with me. So easy. I do encourage voice messages. Don't be shy. It's just like talking to a friend. I'm your friend. And so is the Bride Chiller community general members. We're all very friendly. It's a very supportive community without being too wanky. And uh, we love to hear your voice. And no one wants to hear me read out a 20-paragraph email. Maybe they do. But I like your voicemails. I like to hear your voice. Now, I'm very excited to be kicking off the first of many messages from Bride Chiller Brittany. You might have heard her on a past episode. Uh, she's featured on the Bride Chiller podcast and also our other podcast, Significant Other, which will be returning whew, sometime in quarter one, that's all I'm going to say, of 2017. Significant Other is uh, Rich, my husband Rich and I's sort of couple podcast. We did eight episodes last year. We're looking forward to doing more when we get some more time. Uh, but Brittany is, she runs a wonderful company called Happily Ever Borrowed, which features a number of, oh, a number, like heaps, heaps of amazing wedding accessories that you can borrow for the day, which I think is a fabulous idea because how often will you be wearing a veil again after your wedding day? Unless you're a super diva. And even super divas probably don't get around in veils. Probably not very often. She's got an amazing array of stuff. And so Brittany and I were talking. She just got engaged, which I was so delighted to hear. And I said to her, Brittany, would you like to contribute regularly to the show and tell us all about your wedding planning adventures? So I asked her, and this is what she's done. Hi, everyone. Since Alicia and I are in different time zones right now, I wanted to take a quick moment to introduce myself to everyone. My name is Brittany Haas, and I'm the founder of HappilyEverBorrowed.com. 
our business rents bridal accessories to brides for their wedding day, and we want all brides to get their look for less. We hosted a giveaway with Alicia a couple months ago with a whole bunch of other rental vendors and gave away a fantastic prize package to a very lucky bride. But the real reason I'm here is because I'm introducing myself today because I got engaged and Alicia and I thought it would be really fun to follow my process from beginning to end with all of you bride chillas. So being in the bridal industry, you would think that I've always known what I've wanted and that I know all the tips and tricks to planning a wedding. Well, I can say that throughout this process so far, I've been absolutely flummoxed by a ton of different things. So I'm going to share all of my ridiculous stories with each of you over the next six months leading up to my big day. So just to give you the quick rundown on our wedding, we are getting married 4th of July weekend at a venue called the Inn at Earl West in Lake George, New York. And my fiance Ben's family has a summer house there and we've spent the past few summers celebrating a Lake George weekend with our friends and it's totally our happy place and we couldn't think of a more perfect location to celebrate our marriage. So there's going to be boating and beaching and arcade games and barbecues and then a fancy little wedding. So I have to tell you the story about the first thing that really blew my mind when it came to planning our wedding. When we were looking at several venues in Lake George, there was one thing that Ben and I were very adamant on. And now his parents and our cantor were very clear that there was no way we could get married before sundown on Shabbat, which is Saturday, meaning we had to have a Sunday wedding, which is why our wedding's on a holiday weekend. So we conceded to this point in order to be good Jews, but compromised with them on our wedding being non-kosher. Neither of us ever keep kosher in our daily lives. And also I grew up on Long Island where shellfish was basically a daily meal. So it was kind of joke, a joke that every place we looked, we had to see how much the seafood bar or shrimp cocktail was because we definitely wanted it as an add-on. So every single place we went, the cost for the damn shrimp was $4 a shrimp. Four fucking dollars. These shrimp better be the size of my head for that price. And they would put it on the menu in a really fancy way, like $48 per dozen. You're not fooling me. That's ludicrous. I could go to Costco and buy a bag of frozen shrimp for $19.99. So obviously shrimp didn't make the budget, but we will be sure that there is shrimp at every other meal during our wedding. (laughs) During our wedding weekend, I should say, because we can't afford it otherwise. Does anyone know why shrimp costs so much at catering halls? Or has anyone ever dealt with an absurd cost for an add-on? Because this one really just blew my mind and was the first thing I knew I had to share because it just really makes no sense to me at all. So I hope to have much more to share with you guys in the next few months, but I just wanted to say hello and I can't wait to share all of my experiences with you. Happy days! Oh, that damn shrimp. That is such a good question. Why the hell is it so much money? In Australia, we call them prawns. And gee whiz, they can be expensive. If you're getting the tiger prawns, they're the big long ones, which, you know, they're the size of your face, basically. But gosh, they can cost you 20 bucks for one of them. It's disgusting. I want to know. I want I want everyone to write in if you have had the shrimp controversy at your wedding. Are you planning to do the shrimp cocktail? Are they charging you an arm and a leg? ridiculous. Brittany, it's so great to have you on board. I'm so excited to see uh, what you're planning and hear your feedback. See, I love Brittany because she's like she's like us. She's straight talking, no bullshit, and just delightful. So just really excited to be sharing Brittany's wedding planning journey uh, and learning a little bit more about what they're up to in the coming months. Now, Kendall, bride chiller Kendall, 
she has sent me a fabulous email saying that uh, she's Kendall. I think we've already established that, Alicia. Uh, she's from San Francisco. She says, I've been engaged to the love of my life, my handsome, brilliant Frenchman, Pierre, Ooh, since Valentine's Day. Congrats. We're getting married in June 2017. I think we've got about 65% of the wedding plan so far. Good job. I've noticed, though, throughout the planning process that I go through planning motivational ebbs and flows, and my current ebb of planning motivation has been longer than most, two months, maybe. What can I do to motivate to get my butt into gear to push through the rest of our planning? Uh, is it okay to take a break at this point? We're still seven months out. Ugh, I just, this is what she's written. Ugh, that's my horrible, it, she's written, ugh, but I'm like, ugh, I just feel strange. That's an awful noise. I just feel strange about it. Like, am I not making the most of the planning experience? Am I doing something wrong? Lots of love and happy days, Kendall. Look, Kendall, I think we've all been through in various stages of our lives, not necessarily just associated with wedding planning, um, peaks and troughs. And when you are focusing on one thing a lot, it can get pretty exhausting. And if you have got a day job, which I would say 99% of us have something else to do in the day besides wedding planning, it can be pretty full on. So we, firstly, I want to say congratulations for getting 65% of it done and you've still got six or seven months left because that is a substantial amount of time to crack on. And also, you don't want to be focusing so much on wedding planning that it's becoming a task and you're feeling guilty for not doing it. I really think throughout the last three years of producing this podcast that I have sort of come up with this plan that I hope I'm getting you know, across to you guys, gals, ladies, gents, that wedding planning should just be a really fun activity. It shouldn't feel like some sort of thing that you loathe or you feel like, oh, I really want to sit and watch The Amazing Westworld, but I can't because I need to do a guest list. I mean, get stuff done, absolutely, but also feel like you can come back to it when you're in the mood. As a writer, and this doesn't always work when you're writing for money, which I've done a lot over the years, um, I really think when I'm writing my own stuff, I want to be in the mood to write. I want to feel like I am motivated to sit down and get stuff out. Now, that's not always possible because sometimes if you've got a deadline and you need to get things in, you just got to damn sit down and get the fucking job done. But if you have time up your sleeve and you think, I'm not really in the mood to do this, take a rest, sit down, watch the Netflix, go for a run, have a glass of champs or Sauvignon Blanc or whatever, and uh, don't do it. You just don't want to get to the point where you just loathe the idea of having to do it and it becomes a chore. And yes, there will be activities, no doubt, throughout your wedding planning process, all of you, that you're like, oh, if we have to look at the guest list one more time, get rid of the obligation guests, I will lose my mind. And there are things that you will enjoy in the wedding planning process that your partner may loathe. And there are things that you get through really quickly uh, and you'd like to do more of that you know someone else will hate. So it's up to you. But I do think you should not feel pressured at all uh, or worried about feeling like you're not doing enough. I think you should just take it as it comes, tick the big things off the list so you don't freak out in a couple of months and enjoy it. Thank you, Kendall. Thank you. Now, I'm excited to be sharing the next voice message. It's from Bride Chiller Elena. I won't reveal too much because it's a cracking message. But this is what I love. I just want to just say 
Bradshaw, Elena, and everyone else listening. What I love about this community, and more and more people are doing this, and I cannot encourage you more because it's fucking great, that you ring in, leave me a voice message about the things that you're doing, activities that you've you've done, planning your wedding, shortcuts, tips, highs and lows. It just makes the show so much more interesting than me just talking because it really shows how many people, diverse people, with different wedding plans, different ideas of what's important to them and uh, different sort of motivations there are listening around the world. And I'm so chuffed that so many people are contributing and, and taking the time to leave a voice message and sharing their advice to the wonderful Bride Chiller community. It's the best bride. It's the best wedding community. I'm just saying this hands down. I will defend this till my death, which I hope is a very long time away. <gasps> You don't want to, like, I feel bad now because I just don't want to die in the next couple of weeks and they play this and go, she predicted her own death. Let's all just take a moment and put positive energy, although I don't really believe in that shit, to me not dying. Uh, we just want to make sure, I would defend this, that we, <laughs> what a lunatic, uh, that we have such a wonderful community and uh, it's authentic, honest and fucking great. All right, Elena, here we go. Hello, Alicia. My name's Elena and I'm from Orlando, Florida. I just wanted to call you today and share some things with you and the Bride Chilla community. I am by no means an expert, let's get that straight, but I got engaged a couple months ago and I've learned a couple tips and tricks that may be helpful to others. Right after I got engaged, I went into planning mode and started Pinteresting and whatnot like crazy. I was so excited and I started looking at different color schemes, decor, and lots of, of the little things. Now that I've taken a step back, and I really started putting my day together and doing all my research, I realized that I wasted a lot of time because really I was just looking at what I thought was pretty. Go with what Alicia said. Start with the guest list and then the budget. But then instead of focusing on the little things, do the venue first. It seems so common sense now, but at the time, I was just so excited and I went planning nuts. But the feel and the atmosphere of your venue will set the tone for your day. And all those little things may not fit into it. The venue is the base of your pyramid and then build up. Okay, so moving on to bridal magazines. So this day and age, you can find nearly everything you want online. But if you really want to look at them, then there's a little way around it. I was a photography major in college, and when I wanted to see the new high fashion magazines that run anywhere from $20, $50, even $100, I would go to the bookstore, buy a $3, $4 coffee. So technically, I was still a customer. And I would sit down and I'd browse the section, flip through what I wanted to see, put them back on the shelf, and I'd be on my merry way. I haven't done this with bridal magazines, but it's just a thought for those on a budget. And libraries, in America anyway, also carry a great um, magazine section also. I am actually sort of loath to interrupt here because Elena's pretty much doing my job for me in a better way than I do it. She is smashing it, but I wanted to just reiterate what a great what a great suggestion this is because I have probably a bit of a bad reputation for dissing wedding magazines. And look, I enjoy flicking through a wedding magazine, but it's 
my gosh, I'm going to get in trouble for saying it again. It's old media. A lot of it's just advertising, but it is nice. And it's something sort of fun when you first get engaged about buying a wedding magazine and having a look at what people are talking about and the styles and the ads and all that sort of stuff. But it is a bit of a, you know, it's, I would look much far prefer you subscribe to the podcast. I don't know how to do my Yoldi voice to say that. Um, I would far prefer you invest in a subscription for the podcast than spend 20 bucks on a wedding magazine. However, I think a good substitute is, or a, a good sort of compromise, is exactly what Elena said. Go along to a Barnes & Noble if they still exist um, and find a cafe or something and have a flick through the magazines, get your fix, buy it if you think it's going to give you value and go on your merry way. I featured so many amazing bloggers on this show and especially quite niche bloggers so that you can find people who write about the sort of wedding you want to have or at least details that you might like to include in your wedding. If you're having a Jewish wedding, you can go to Smashing the Glass. My lovely friend Karen runs a blog and it's all about having a modern Jewish wedding. Perhaps you are looking for something rustic. There's rustic wedding chic. There's so many different specific niche blogs. And I think when you sort of hone down um, the idea of wedding magazines, a lot of them, not all of them, there are some like Catalyst Wedding Co. is like an amazing wedding magazine. They're still white. Um, these are sort of alternative wedding magazines that aren't necessarily chock full of crappy ads that you just flick through. But I do think you should pick what you're going to be spending your money on and investing your money on because you work hard for it. Okay, carry on. Now to everyone's favorite topic, or at least mine, my other half. So for me, a groom chiller. My groom chiller has always said that he wants to be involved in the planning process more than most grooms. But every time we sat down to discuss things, he would get the grumps right away. I finally had a breakthrough a couple weeks ago. At the beginning of the week, I not only asked him what day he could talk about things, because I had tried that before, but once we decided on a day, I put a time limit on it. I put it something like this. For only 45 minutes, we're going to talk about venues. I'll do the hard part and all the research, and you'll help me make the decisions. You'll get the fun part. He reluctantly said, okay, I know we need to do this. So I prepared a spreadsheet of 25 venues. 25. Yes, I know that's a lot. I went a little list and spreadsheet crazy. I nerd out on lists, not gonna lie. But the spreadsheet had basic info and a link to their website. So when we sat down, we just went right down the list. We said yes, no, or maybe. And by the end, we had five venues that we wanted to go see. And it worked because he knew what to expect, what and for how long we were talking. And it was quick decisions because everything was laid out right there for us. And at the end, he actually said it was fun which is just crazy to me. Oh, that made me Google. I mean, look, people work in different ways. I know that uh, I love researching. I'm like Elena. I like to get down. Actually, Rich also likes researching. But I do like your suggestion of putting together the spreadsheet, making things uh, easy and simple if you are coming to a big decision like a venue, that if you do put the information out, key points, uh, and make sure that you are able to express those points in a really easy way, especially if your your partner isn't as into certain aspects of the wedding planning that you might be. It's a good way to compromise and find a way to get the information across, get them interested. And as you said, you found a way to make your partner feel like this is actually fun and exciting. He didn't want to be dragged into all the details, but now you hit him with the big focus 
decisions, bam, you're done. Not all partners. Some people will want to be involved in every single step of the way, and that's fabulous. But I love Elena that Elena has found a way to encourage her partner to get involved without sort of hitting him with all the details because she knows he's just not into it. He's probably into the wedding. He's going to have a great time, but he's maybe not into the research like she is. That's good teamwork. Right. There is more from Bride Sheila. Elena, she's doing such a good job after this very short break. And thank you. I just want to say thank you to all the people who have subscribed in the past few weeks to the Bride Chiller app. It is so great. And we are delighted because it's been a long pathway to getting the app up and running. And we feel like it's our baby birthed. That's disgusting. Our app baby. It didn't come out of my vagina. Okay. I've just said vagina. Thank you. More after this. Next, I want to touch on a topic that comes up quite a bit. I have a decent idea of what things cost in my area, but when figuring out my budget, I was so lost because both sets of my parents had hinted that they wanted to help with the financial aspect, but they wouldn't tell me how much. And I was worried that I was going to have to come right out and I would sound rude if I flat out asked. I'm starting my own business and my fiance is still in school, so our budget is tight but we still want to have a nice day and have a, we definitely have a large guest list. So we decided on a budget of 20000 which is a lot for us, but we know with hard work we can do it. Anyway, back to my parents. I ended up just explaining that I'm not expecting any help financially and that we're thinking about a budget of 20000 But if they did want to help, it would be nice and we would appreciate it. That's all they needed to hear. The minute I told them my ballpark estimate of 20000 and that I wanted that to include everything with the rehearsal dinner, the wedding, and the honeymoon, the whole deal. They went ahead and told me how much they could give and when they could give it. Then I realized all they needed was a ballpark. They didn't know if I was envisioning a $1,000 wedding, a 20000 or even 50000 100000 Some people go crazy. So when I gave them a general idea, they felt more comfortable with sharing their thoughts. Might not work for everyone, but it definitely worked for me and my family. Also, another great point uh, that Bride Chiller Elena makes that really it's about communication. And this is such a simple point. You know, I bang on and on about it. But so often people are fearful because they don't have information. And this is pretty much in general about uh, the world. And with parents, a lot of the time uh, I receive emails and voice messages from Bride Chillers and Groom Chillers saying, ah, Parents just don't get how much stuff costs these days. They um, are really confused about all the different options that we've got available. But I think when you can sit down and be quite clear without, as you say, being like, hey, this is how much money I want. Give it to me. You know, you're not going to be an asshole. But if you can just say, look, this is what we're thinking. This is ballpark. This is how much the venue is going to be costing. This is how much catering is. And just really laying it out there. Then you're being open. Your parents or whoever's going to be contributing, if anyone's going to be contributing, might understand where their money's going to be going. And then you've got it all out on the table. They can't be fearful of the unknown because you've given them all the information. So as uncomfortable as it can be, and I know I live in Britain where no one speaks about money, whereas I know my American listeners are a lot more open about their financial contributions and what's happening, whereas the Brits like to keep everything under the, the hood. 
And it can be awkward because then you're going, oh, I don't know, are they going to give me five grand? Is it one? Maybe they're going to give me 20. I don't know. And until you know that, it's really hard to lock in details. So sometimes you've got to grow some lady balls and man balls, some bride chiller balls, and just get an answer out of them. Really good suggestion. Also, just a thought, you often talk about using your family and your friends and their skills on your wedding day to save some money. But I'm contemplating on using my own. And I know there are a ton of talented other bride chillas out there. I'm thinking about reaching out to vendors for a trade. I'm a photographer, and when I'm corresponding with vendors, I intentionally slip in that I own my own photography business in the initial email. Then later on, I've been asking if I can do some photographic work for them as a trade for their service or a discount for their service. And I just did this um, in the past couple days, so I'm not sure if it's working out or not, but... I do also let them know that I still am interested in their service, regardless if they want to trade or not. I don't want to put a bad vibe on our vendor relationship or a cheap reputation to my name or my business, but it doesn't hurt to try. And if you're honest and genuine, you know, worst they can say is no. But I'll let you know if I have any success with that. Oh, please do. I think this is such a fabulous idea. And over the last couple of years, I have actually received similar voice messages from bride chillers who have skills like graphic design and uh, who run clothing stores. I've had a bride chiller saying that she was offering um, a bit of a trade. I actually think this is a really clever and really versatile offer. To the, When I say versatile as in it's malleable, you can offer people different things and you'd be surprised at how many other vendors, especially photography, it's expensive. And if you're saying, hey, I will come and uh, if they're selling flowers or they're doing some other sort of supply, maybe they're caterers and they want their food photographed, it doesn't hurt asking. And the way that Elena said it, it's the idea of saying, look, I run this service. I don't know if you'd be open to a trade or a discount, but I would like to be able, I'm a small business and I know you're a small business and I think it would be great to be able to work together. And if you are open to the opportunity of a partnership, that's always a really good way to say it, uh, I would be really keen to discuss this with you. And as Elena said, all they can say is no. Now, if you don't have a skill, like, I mean, if you're a nurse, I mean, that is a fucking great skill. You have the best skills. You can save lives. But it might be hard to offer your nursing skills, maybe not, uh, to a caterer. Don't know. Get creative. I love you, nurses. I have good friends that are nurses and they work damn hard. So go nurses. But Elena, it's really great that you mentioned that because I do think sometimes we get really shy talking about money and business and trade and bartering and uh, doing good negotiations. And that doesn't mean you're a super tight ass because they just might be looking for an opportunity that you are offering. So as long as you say it with a bit of decorum, like Elena said, then I think it's great. Give it a burl. The worst they can say is no. Anyway, I hope that some of this helped, but I absolutely love this podcast and the community. It's so, so refreshing to find a genuine voice in the wedding world. So thank you, thank you, thank you a million times from the bottom of my heart. I hope all of you have happy wedding planning and, of course, happy days. Well, wasn't that bloody fantastic? I mean, I listened to that and I'm like, girl can have my job. Seriously, she's got it all going on. Fabulous, fabulous that you took the time, Bride Chiller Elena. And I can't wait to receive another voice message because I think as you go, you are going to learn so much more and you've got a natural ability in sharing information. 
and we all value uh, what you just said. I'm sure so many people got so much info from it. And it's just good to hear real life perspectives as well, because I can sit here and prattle on and on and give you advice. But you're like, yeah, Alicia, you got married four years ago. All right. I'm getting married now. Okay. I want to hear from people that are getting married now. Bloody great. Gee, I enjoyed that. Thank you. Hi, Alicia. Uh, my name's Lauren. I'm from the United States. Uh, we're actually from Delaware, um, but we're about an hour south of Philadelphia in Pennsylvania. And um, I just want to say that I absolutely love, love your podcast. I think it's just, it's so nice to find a place where it's, you're open to different, um, different kinds of weddings and um, just being who you are and... Um, I think with all the all the bullshit of the wedding industry of telling women, especially I feel like especially women, what kind of wedding they should be having and what falls into proper etiquette, um, and it's just nice that uh, there's a you have a really supportive podcast for that. Plus, I love that you really fo- focus on women entrepreneurs and feminism, which uh, after last week, especially um, in the U.S. We need a lot more of that. So kudos to you on that. Um, And then because I'm in marketing, I know you like to know where we listen and how we found you. I found you on a practical wedding uh, by just searching for wedding podcasts. And then the article came up and I love their website. So I kind of was like, well, probably is pretty great if it's on this uh, on this blog. So I found you there and then I listened to you in my over hour commute in my car driving back and forth to work. Bridgela Lauren, thank you for this. You know, I love hearing where you listen, how you found me. Rich loves them. He's into metrics. Hubby Rich is a numbers man and he has charts. He has spreadsheets, all this fucking stuff. I have no idea, but I like to hear just because I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And a practical wedding. If you haven't visited, if you are a bride chiller fan and you haven't visited a practical wedding.com, it's one of my favorite wedding blogs. Meg Keen, the founder of a practical wedding, has been on the show a few times and she's one of my wedding heroes. She's one of my just feminist heroes. And I totally pick up what she puts down whenever she's putting it down. But it's just really good to be able to connect with uh, information about where you find us because we are, a, well, a one-man band plus one husband who also has another full-time job. But we like to just figure out how to find you so we can find more bride chillers to build this gosh darn amazing community. Carry on, Lauren. I'm calling you or leaving you a message because I'm a bit of a conundrum. I guess a little bit of backstory is that we got engaged past April in New Orleans which was just amazing, and I'm so excited to be able to marry my fiancé. He's just the greatest person I've ever met, Um, and there's absolutely all the stress that I'm feeling I know for a fact is not even tied remotely to him. Um, I know that's the only thing I do know for sure is that I want to marry him. Um, I've just been feeling a lot of stress from all the expectations and people wanting us to have this huge, big, giant party, which is basically what we've been planning. Um, When we got engaged, I kind of jumped straight in and um, was met with all the stuff at the very front of the wedding industry, which is the very traditional, uh, big, fancy wedding plans. And we, um, yeah, we just kind of jumped all in because that's how I am. I just like to get shit done and I don't like to think about it anymore. So we did that, and then we fell in love with this venue in Philly, and 
it's really cool. It's this old bank, and it's vintage. It's just from the 1800s. It was built. It's also really modern, which is more kind of what my fiance loves. So it's a perfect mix of what we both like. And uh, we got a good deal per person. We ended up picking an off-season month in February because it's fucking freezing in Philadelphia in February. But it's all inside. Everything's inside. We're having. We were planning on having the ceremony, the reception, cocktail hour. Everything is in the same building. So all people have to do is walk from the parking lot, which is conveniently right next to the building, which is really rare in Philly, uh, into the building that is heated. So we didn't think it was worth paying extra for a nice weather month. The problem is with this menu is that they require us to have at least 120 people. Now, we don't even probably, we don't really even know 120 people. I mean, we do. We really stretched it. Um, We don't have really big families on either side. We have really close-knit groups of friends, and originally we were thinking about having a wedding from 50 to 60 people, so now we pretty much had to double that. And that's also more than doubled our original budget. So it's nothing that we can't can't afford. It's not like we're going into debt for it. But for me, um, it just feels like, is it really worth it for a 68-hour day? Uh, My fiancé feels like it is. Uh, He makes a lot more money than I do. So that's probably why he feels a little bit more comfortable with it. Um, But for me, I just have my doubts and it's kind of keep this thought keeps coming back into my head over and over again. Plus, I kind of realized the other morning when I was thinking about it that I feel like I've been planning Sean's wedding, who's my fiance. Um, He's just kind of no pressure from him at all because I've been doing all of it. But I think... Well, my fiance is the kind of guy who like gets everyone drunk, buys rounds of drinks at bars, and it's just an all-around good time. So pretty much ever since we got serious, we've had people telling us how fun our wedding's going to be and how they can't wait. So I think that pressure of having this big, fun, all-out bash has kind of gotten to me, and I've lost what I would really feel comfortable with in the process. We kind of took a step back, and I ex- kind of tried to explain how I was feeling Uh, to my fiance and he understood and he's like well you know if we can think of something that we both like and we can save money like I'm all for it I came up with this idea that might sound a little crazy to some people um, where we would go to Africa it's in South Africa I'd love to go on a safari and get married on a safari lodge and we would we're planning on you know renting it out and paying for three to five nights all inclusive for our best family and friends Um, We've had some pushback and I've had some shit comments on the dumbass wedding boards, even though I didn't ask for anybody's opinion on it, but whatever. Um, How that's kind of like selfish of us to put all these costs on our guests by them flying down there and how they probably want to stay longer than three to five nights because it's such a long flight. And I kind of feel like that's bullshit because I think it's really, I thought we were being really generous by paying for like all-inclusive um, three to five nights on like a once in a lifetime kind of trip, but I'm also not a normal traveler. So I'm not sure if I am being unreasonable. Um, it would end up being about two grand per couple to fly down there round trip. And uh, we would cover most of the other expenses. They would be responsible for like little things that came up here and there. So I guess my question to you is, is that if, am I being unreasonable, unrealistic. Um, We're completely aware that some people might not be able to afford a trip or want to go on a 15 plus hour flight. And, uh, but we've asked our immediate families and 
the people who really matter the most to us. And they all seem pretty okay with it, especially our families. So I was just curious as to what your opinion was since I feel like you're level-headed and don't and won't like freak out on me and tell me I'm crazy and selfish for wanting to do this. And we, we have had some friends too that are like, don't you guys want a party and this and that? Because I feel like they want us to have a party for them to go to, which I kind of think is like, well, it's, why should we spend tens of thousands of dollars so you get to go to a party? See, so yeah, I'm just curious as to what you think or if I'm being kind of unreasonable and crazy and that's pretty much it. But thanks again, Alicia. Uh, again, love your podcast and happy days. But Jill Lauren, I just got so involved in your story. I was taken to another place and wow, highs and lows, highs and lows. So much to say, but I'll keep it quick. I think firstly, fucking wedding forums. I think everyone knows what I think about them. I just think they're so not positive places to put anything out there that's a little bit different. A lot of the people that contribute to those wedding forums probably are not bride chillers. And if they are, they're quite, this is such a generalization, but a lot of them just stick to the traditional staff. They do it. And what I think here, this community is one of these places where we support people with different ideas and that want to have a wedding that truly reflects who they are. So I think the fact you've gone through the stages of going, hey, we found this great place in Philly, which sounds amazing, but it's also put a lot of restrictions on you that you initially thought you wanted to have a smaller wedding and then them saying you have to have 120 people. I don't really get that. I think it's quite a strange request from a um, venue. If it's a money thing, they would normally just say, it's a minimum spend. Here's the figure. You can have 10 people here if you want, but just pay us this money. But I don't like that it's sort of making you expand your guest list because it totally changes the vibe and the scene of your wedding. I also think your friends have this expectation that you're going to throw some crazy wild party. I mean, great, but you can have a crazy wild party whenever the hell you want. And the fact that they are excited because you're covering the bar tab and it's going to be an amazing location and they have to turn up, blah, blah, blah. It's not your problem. Again, you could have a house party in a year's time and for just an amazing, just as an amazing party as a wedding. I love that you have taken a step. I was not expecting Africa, but you've taken a step completely in a different direction, which excites me to no end. And I think it's exciting for family and friends. As you said, the people that the most important to you have said, yeah, we'll do it. And what an adventure and what an experience and what a bunch of great memories they're going to have. And I just think it's amazing. And I think this is a really good move. Yes, you were in putting people into position that financially it might be a little challenging for some people, but you're giving them plenty of heads up, plenty of room. And I know Belinda, my cousin, we recently went to her wedding in Hawaii and she and her husband, Luke, had exactly the same sort of feelings. They didn't want people to feel pressured. It was a big trip for a lot of people coming from Australia, but also They saw it as a wonderful opportunity to add on and have a holiday. And yes, there were people that could not attend and said, look, sorry, we can't afford it or we can't get time off work. And they understood that. So they knew going into the planning process that planning a destination wedding isn't for everyone. Not everyone wants to go to Africa, blah, blah, blah. I would love to go to Africa. sounds amazing. So I just think if your heart says, let's go to Africa, and I mean, the fact that you're contributing I think is very generous that you're offering to contribute for accommodations for people is amazing. Um, look, I'm pro. I'm very pro this idea. And I think it feels like you listen to the message. I listened to the message and heard 
your voice sort of changed talking about the Africa trip. I think you feel a bit stressed about that Philly idea. And the fact that they're not letting you do what you want to do, I think is quite restrictive. And I think you've got to follow your heart without sounding too soppy. I think you know the answer. I would like to hear everyone else's opinions without throwing it out there like the wedding forums with the crazies being jerks. I'd be very keen to hear what other bride chillers think about this and groom chillers, this move. I personally think destination weddings are amazing and it also really just carves out the people that are going for free booze. Um, and that's sometimes harsh to say that because obviously they're your friends and you know you want to spend this time with them. But the people that are like, yeah, we just want to have a big party. Whoa. It's like, well, actually, it's not about having a party. It's about fucking celebrating our love. So go and have a party another day. All the best, Lauren. Please keep me up to date. Keep us up to date with what you're doing and the decisions that you make. Because I think this is a really interesting, slightly annoying conundrum for you. But I feel like you know what the right thing to do is. Thank you so much for contributing. All the people today who contributed. Bride Chiller, Elena, you are amazing. You are great. Brittany, I can't wait to hear your next installment of your wedding planning sort of voicemail diary and also have Brittany on the show for an interview very soon. Thanks again to all who are supporting. If you are interested in learning more about the Bride Chiller podcast, I am on all of the social medias. Rich and I are having a lot of fun with the Instagram story. Sometimes we dick around a little bit too much, uh, but we really enjoy it. Not physically dick around because that would be gross. Um, but if you are interested in joining the Bride Chiller community, Facebook is where it's sort of all out with lots of discussions, questions, and posting, actually, very happy, posting a lot of Bride Chiller graduate photos. So if you are getting married soon and down the track you would like to share some images or video of your big day, I would like to share it with the Bride Chiller community because it's great to see the decisions that you make and just to be able to have a look at some gorgeous photos. Very happy. TheBrideChiller.com is where you'll get all the information. Bride Chiller app is available on iOS and Android. We're very versatile and we encourage you to subscribe to get access to the entire back catalogue. Also, we have t-shirts, totes, mugs, (laughs) Caps, I've forgotten all the rest. Lots of bride chiller, maid chiller, and groom chiller merch. If you would like to gift them, that is also completely possible and doable. Until Monday's episode of the podcast, I wish you all happy days. The Bride Chiller Podcast, telling chair covers to get fucked since 2014.